right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And today it's all about staying cool, man. And I'm not talking Fonzie cool. I'm talking fan cool. Meridine's going to join us. Oh, yeah, you had your leather coat. I was like, I'm always cool. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, when it comes to cars, boy, whew. There's nothing more of a bummer than over. Yeah, man, it's it is such a problem. So I live in Colorado, and the thing about Colorado is Denver. We're already a mile high. So it's funny out here, man. We fight cooling as one of the biggest issues because there's not enough air just to pull through the front of the radiator or push through the front of it. So cooling out here is just, it is a massive problem for streetcars, especially for hot rods. You really have to go above and beyond because, you know, just west of the city, if you ever want to go, go up to the mountains, air gets thinner, altitude gets higher, and that presents a problem when it comes to cooling. So cooling for sure is, is a regional thing here it's a bigger problem here than i think it would be maybe where you're at close to detroit or in like florida or something like that but man it's a problem yeah i mean cooling up here is kind of a breeze but i you know i grew up born and raised uh in florida in the swamp man where it's just hot Mm -hmm. as hell down there and uh man if you ever spend a lot of time down there hot riding you learn real quick that uh heating you know and cooling is a is a big thing one keeping yourself cool in your car but keeping the the engine cool and uh yeah man you learn all the failure modes on uh you know what it takes to keep your car from boiling over and and, man that is just the worst feeling uh you can go to about any car show right and you get a whole bunch of guys show up especially a cruise you know when it gets slowed down and everybody's you know crawling you're just like you said there's no airflow going and you know exactly who's got a poor setup wrong radiator and especially uh, I think one of the biggest culprits is in the whole fan and shroud, right? Not pulling air through the radiator. They're just spinning it around. It, You know, the fan's going. It's got some little flex, flex fan hanging it out there. It sounds like it's working. Yeah, it's going. It's it going. sounds like it's up there just going to you know? <laughs> It's working, man, but it's not cooling. My papa used to have some wisdom in these words, man. He said, you know what's worse than a cold toilet seat? 
a warm one. <laughs> so yeah, man, when you we try to fire up, a, you know, a warm engine, you just blowing hot air on it. That's not a good situation. You can't get any cool air, especially ambient heat under the under the hood, and it's just sitting there getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And you're trying to blow what little air you have that's already superheated because it can't escape out and away. Dude, it is a it is a rut you don't want to find yourself in. I was just recently on a cruise, you know, and I found out the older system. I don't do a lot of cruises on my '69 Charger. It's a big block nitrous car. It's legitimately a fast little street car. Um, and man, I gotta tell you, in a cruise in downtown Denver, I found out the wrong way that I didn't have enough fan, enough coolant. It was in those you know those traffic scenarios where we're bumper to bumper in a car cruise and there's a whole truck ton of us trying to get from a to b it just kept rising 215 220 that's when you start getting little beads of sweat on your forehead 225 you're like i gotta find a place to pull over 230 you're like shut her down you know it's like man you know it's things like that that just drive me crazy on car builds and you roll down the highway and like oh i can get air in it it's cool but man how do you solve those problems of cooling it off in traffic. Yeah, and, and the anxiety level because, you know, your friends are leaving yeah. you. They're all gone, right? You're like, leaving me behind. I'm stuck, boiled over. What am I going to do? But it's, you know, you're thinking about, you know, I've got my engine in here. How much money do I have in it? You know, am I going to warp the cylinder heads, blow the gaskets, whatever it is? Yeah. Like, man, that to me, there's no worse feeling than is my engine going to be cool, right? There is so much at yeah. stake there, right? Your wallet is just sitting right in front of your face the whole time you're looking at that needle and you're thinking oh geez man could i just be home could i not be here right now could i be somewhere else <laughs> right you're on your phone in traffic overheated saying buy it now buy it now add to cart <laughs> uh, well look we got great solutions for anybody overheating today uh we have real good friend fred from meridine it's i'm telling you these guys when it comes to high performance fans you just won't find a better company. And maybe he can enlighten us a little bit, get you some fan education, right? There are, you know, it's simple. Not all fans are created equal. And he'll get into a, a little bit of that, you know, why some blades are turned, why some of them have a certain rotation, some of them are straight, you know, are their fans better when it, you know, could start out at a slower speed. Let's talk about brushless technology. There's a lot of evolution going on to help us fight these problems of cooling. And it's so simple. We're going to give you those basics you know when you just put on the right setup that's it duh yeah there's no questioning you just it's there i bolted it on it's correct it's sealed right it's pulling the right air you walk away and you never sweat that bullet again man and that is awesome yes man hey that's tell me that's not one of the first things when you're out on a car cruise right because uh, i've got one charger that's it's got a massive cooling system i'm super proud of it and then the 69 and eh, i definitely need to upgrade it so when i'm out cruising it's like one of those things where you're like it could be 102 degrees outside middle of the summer sun bearing down and you're on highway traffic man and you're sitting there in a 70 dodge charger and you're like Eh, I got it. Don't worry about it. That is such a relief. Such a relief. Where if, if I'm in my 69 charge, I'm like, eh, I don't got it. I gotta pull over. A little help. <laughs> it's it man, it's such a different dynamic, you know? God, it's a level of comfort that you need to have with you. So I'll tell you what, let's take a break. We'll get Fred on, join it next. He can tell us all the great things they're doing at Meridine. We'll be back in just a minute on the Two Guys Garage Podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have our friend Fred Garza on from Maradine Fans. Hey, man, high-performance fans, I might add. And, hey, Fred, not all fans are created equal. True or false? Absolutely true, Willie. You know, (laughs) the first thing you look for in a fan is how does it perform against static pressure? What is static pressure? Well, that's when you're trying to pull that air through all those little fins and tubes in the radiator core, right? You know, those little those little openings make it harder for a fan to pull through that uh, uh, airflow to cool, you know, to take the heat out of the radiator and right. it off into your engine compartment then. So we at uh, Maradine, on our website, we publish every fan's uh, performance graph against static pressure. And, you know, while that's a little bit technical for some people, it really shouldn't be. We figure about 0.4 to 0.5 inches of static pressure, which is on, labeled on our graph. And you look over there and it'll tell you exactly how much CFM we're pulling through that um, radiator setup. And you can always uh, figure out what your static pressure is on your uh, radiator by just hooking up our fan and uh, reading the amp draw on it whatever that amp draw is on the table. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, a little back calculating. That, that makes so, sense. You know, That's tricky. Uh, understand, too, that our, our fan technology came from, you know, having to develop products for the OEMs. Not, not per se, like, you know, the big three in Detroit where Kevin's involved, but on vehicles that are out in, you know, in off highway and in deserts and, you know, and, and, and very cold areas as well. We've had our fans on ice truckers before. Now, you know, you put enough ice up in the fan, don't let it turn. It's going to, it's going to fail, but you know, there's only so much a plastic fan can handle. Fred, Hey, revisit that real fast. How do you find static pressure? Somebody's listening and wants to look at that and maybe, you know, provide a solution to that. Do it again. So, so let's take for an example, our 16 inch fan, the M162 K probably our most popular hot rod fan. If you mounted it to your uh, radiator and then you, turn it on and it's pulling air through your radiator. If you put an amp meter on that fan and get an, an actual amp draw, then you look at the table and read across from that amp draw. It'll tell you what static pressure your radiator's operating. Wow. Yeah. Cause the, the lower the resistance, right? That fan should spin faster and easier with less amperage, right? So you Correct. draw a little curve there and yeah, there it's, it's pretty slick. That's right. So, as the static pressure builds, the fan, you know, takes more power, but it's moving less air because it's trying and trying and trying to, you know, do it. And so eventually we have what's called shutoff, which means that fan's turning, but it's not moving in the air. But that's because the static pressure is just so 
immense the fan can't. I, I got one of them it. not today fans on my '69 Charger. I just realized last weekend. <laughs> them not today. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> nope, not today. So yeah, man. Um, uh, you guys, uh, you guys have really sort of climbed in and helped us kind of understand the difference about why blades are aimed certain ways, why they're, you know, rotation in certain ways. W- what is some of that? Why do you guys make certain fans um, with certain blade pitches and angles just a little bit different? Well, um, you know, they, everybody goes, well, which is better, a, a straight blade fan or a curved blade fan? And it really, it's kind of the it's really both. It's the motor and the blade together as a unit that draws the air. So curved blade fans tend to be quieter and have a less uh, annoying uh, frequency or pitch when you hear it run. I know lots of guys in, you know, all these car shows you and I go to every year, they all got these open-sided 32 Fords, you know, with the straight pipes and wanting to hear that you know, big rumble. They just can't stand it when a fan comes on that's a, a real <laughs> straight blade fan. Shut you the know? fan down. Shut the fan down, yeah. Well, I know a lot of guys who've broken up with girls for that same reason, you know? Right. So, anyway, most of our product line in the high-performance line is all curved blade because we're trying to keep that uh, uh, that noise level down so it's not so uh, annoying to people. And when they have these open, you know, sided engines, and even when they're closed engines, you know, closed engine compartments, people will still have complaints about it. That's a funny back and forth because, uh, you know, depending on what we were talking about earlier, that sensation, that, that whole feeling, that anxiety when your, your, you know, your ride is overheating, uh, there's a certain like, ooh, when I hear that fan just like... <laughs> Another, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, okay, I'm good, I'm good. It's like almost a reassuring whoosh, you know. You're like, okay, I'm all. Not that reassuring when the temp gauge note come down, bird. Not that reassuring when the temp <laughs> oh, gauge. Oh no, no, don't no, move. no. <laughs> Only the whoosh no. when the temp gauge goes down. I'm like, I'm, I'm cool yeah. with the whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, the, it's the whoosh with no cool is the problem right well, exactly so so you don't is there's is there not one that is better and what about push pull scenarios do yeah you, you guys have a fan that's you know so many people building hot rods and muscle cars they run into clearance issues right boy, I do so that. is there a specific fan that's designed better to push or what would you tell people out there? Because so many guys, I feel like, put the fan where it's pushing the air through, not nearly as efficient, um, not nearly as, as you know good in the whole cooling process, but that's the only way they can go. Correct. And, you know, in, and in that case, if you, ha- if you can only fit a pusher in there, better to have a pusher than nothing. I also make yeah. uh, what we call our ultra-thin series, which is our smallest – flattest motor on our 14 and 16 inch fans and for guys that literally only let themselves two inches between their radiator core and their water pump i sell these two fans look they're not really enough to to cool down a big block or maybe even a small block but wouldn't you rather have some cooling than none when you left no room yeah you know so i do actually sell quite a bit of those and it's you know some cooling's better than none. Amen. And that's what I say. And you may get away with it up north, you know, in the northern tier states like Michigan, where it doesn't get quite as hot in the summer. Uh, but it, here's the deal about pushing and pulling. When you're pulling from the engine side, 
anything that is in front of the air will block it and deflect it, including the fan sh shroud or the cage around our fan blade. And, uh, you know, and then the, the four inch motor, okay, that powers it. Now, would you rather have that fan blocking and deflecting air on the front side of the radiator where the f air hasn't had a chance to go through? Or would you rather have it on the engine side of the radiator where it's already gone through, it's already picked up the heat, and now it's hitting all of that and deflecting into the engine compartment? Pulling always is more efficient uh, because of the airflow. And it also helps keep the airflow straighter again because you're pulling it through yeah. something it's just like you know pushing a string versus pulling it you yeah really <laughs> pushing <know>. a string <laughs> yeah just like a chain it's uh, it doesn't work so great now uh you know you got different options for mounting fans directly on the radiator and then you've got shrouds right and and i think most of us can kind of you know figure out pretty quickly which one is is better um you know because at least from a shroud standpoint if you get it to go all the way around the perimeter Right, you can pull all that air through that fan if you've got a you know big enough fan to draw through that space. Um, is there a big hit? I mean, again, it goes down to simplicity, you know, sizing, package space. Um, do you recommend uh, you know maybe where you would have had one large fan with a shroud, maybe two smaller fans that kind of fill as much of that area as on a direct mount? Yeah, you know, it's it's really having enough air going across that radiator and and the problem with the engine mount fans is they don't they don't turn at a high enough rpm to move any air when you're sitting at a red light right as soon as you get going down you know 20 30 miles an hour everything cools off just fine uh that's the typical problem in the you know today's v8 world we we live in a hotter climate and we, we we've got to have more cooling and having one big fan typically as long as it's covering 65% or more of the core, then you're, you're going to get adequate cooling. Not everybody uses shrouds. NASCAR doesn't use shrouds. They basically tape up the front end to where it's just a bullet hole coming through that the fan pulls through. But they are going 190 mile an hour. But not during cautions <laughs> and not in the pit. No, this is true. This is and true. And if they don't use their fan then, they can burn up their $15,000 engine. So yeah. nobody wants to see that happen. I'll take you out of the race too. Fifteen thousand—that's like a quarter of the <laughs> the starter. <Yeah. laughs> that's a number a, a NASCAR guy threw at me. Yeah. So it's more than I paid for an engine. Hey Fred, I broke one of those once. I know. <laughs> I'll tell you about that on a different day. Hey, we got to take a break, man. But when we get back. Fred, you could maybe dive into some of the problems. Like when I go to car shows, I see a lot of people out there that do this. They'll have, you know, the AC condenser. Then they'll have a radiator or power steering or, uh, you know, plenty of coolers. And they'll just stack them, right? They'll stack them and stack them and stack them. You know, tell us the problem with that and the solution that you guys have created for it here in just a minute, along with some other cooling problems you might have out there. We're back in just a minute on the Two Guys Garage podcast with Kevin Bird, Willie B, and our boy Fred Garza from Meridine. Find them online, Meridine Performance, MeridineHP.com. Easy way to get a hold of them. Meridine High Performance fans as well. Back in just a minute on the Two Guys Garage podcast.
It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have Fred Garza from Maradine High Performance Fans on. And a lot of people don't realize how essential some of these fans have become. You know, you have so much stuff nowadays in a hot rod or muscle car. Because let's be honest, we all want AC. Nothing wrong with that, man. You're old. You want AC. <laughs> and a lot of us have high-performance gearboxes on. So that tends to heat up the power steering fluid. Or you maybe have an oil cooler. Or you have a trans cooler. All these coolers sometimes will get stacked one right on top of the other, on top of the other. And next thing you know, your poor little fan is pulling like... And, you know, through 8 to 10 inches of just garbage. So that presents a problem. I'm sure you've seen that too, Fred. You go to a car show and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> no wonder you got a problem cooling. Like, you know, it's like trying to pull well, through a cinder block. That that does happen. <laughs> but, you know, our fans are definitely rated to pull through a, a radiator and a condenser. You know, even even a couple of coolers in there, as long as they're in the airflow, they should be getting enough. What is that formula again? 65% or yeah, so? Yeah, you want to cover at least 65% of the core of the radiator with fan. It be it one fan or dual fans. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just not getting enough to, you know, have it. Surface area, drop. right. You need it to drop 20 degrees from the time the fan goes on. And at 20 degrees cooler, typically we recommend, you know, 190 down to 170 is the cooling range on a carbureted car and then 200 down to 180 for a fuel injected engine now speaking of right stacking all these things so that it's more resistance and that that comes back to your your first kind of point where you don't rate your fans just free flow because that that takes no energy whoop-de-doo you can spin the thing up and you can push them air when you gotta actually work and you gotta shove that air through right that's where it really matters what you've got for a fan you know, motor and everything. So let's say you've got a good fan in there uh, and a good setup, and you you have to stack some of these things. There's no else, nowhere else to put them. Uh, are there any tricks to getting the air to go through better? You know, maybe not at idle because um, you know you, you got to scoop it. But as far as shrouding, maybe the front side. You know, boxing it in so the air doesn't you know kind of go around the radiators. Uh, because of resistance just from you know moving speed? Honestly, cooling down the ambient ten- temperature under the hood helps tremendously. And with a lot of, you know, cars that have had, you know, under, you know, shielding to keep, yeah. you know, rocks and stuff flying up, that helps trap air. I've actually had some setups where we've sold – little eight or nine inch fans that mounted on the wheel wells, you know, under the hood to just exhaust the heat from uh, out of the engine compartment. Cause sometimes that heat can build up too. If you're not, you know, if you're going down the highway and there's kind of a, uh, you know, so much air going underneath the car, it almost creates like a vacuum inside the engine. And And I see, you know, you could space those out. If you, if you give a little half inch or so, you know, in between some of those, so some other air can get pulled into there, uh, some cooler air, you know, just versus all that, just picking up a charge and picking up another charge, then picking up another charge, it'll run a little cooler too versus just laying them right on top of one another. If you give them a little space in between, I know that real estate is tough to find, but if you can find it, it's always a wiser, cooler move to make. Ooh, you see what I did there, Bird? I said cooler move. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Don't you think of the I, same? I think it's always a good idea but there's differences too but if you're building a 60s hot rod with 
tons of space in there and you got a 350 or 327 small block, whatever, you've got plenty of air or room for the air to get out of there. But, you know, in say like a, a little bit more modern day Corvette with an LS engine, there's not a lot of room under there for that air to escape. Well, you know, you made a good point because, you know, I've seen, uh, you know, some CFD on, on vehicles, you know, we're looking at airflow on the computer and, Right, you got this giant opening in the front for the radiator, right? All this air is going gulping in. And just like you said, where is it going? And like in the old vehicles with lots of room under the hood, you know, it's going down past the exhaust underneath the car. Maybe it's sneaking up, you know, behind the, uh, you know, the hood and the windshield area. But some of these cars are packed in so tight. Uh, there's nowhere for it to go. So even if you got this big opening in the front, you got no opening in the back for it to go to. Now, a lot of times there's not a lot we can do, but it's something to keep in the back of your mind as you're building something, you know, where's that air going to go? Where can I get it out Absolutely, again, right? absolutely. But, you know, all of our fans have never had any problem with, you know, coolers or condensers stacked in front of them, mainly because we are, you know, giving you the top of the line air moving fan on the market. I mean, it really moves a lot of air. You can see it's static pressure even though it says 2170 CFM cubic feet per minute, you know, at zero static, we're still moving about 13, 1400 CFM through the uh, core of the radiator and the condensers, whatever's in front of it. So we keep that, we keep that car just fine. Cool. Are, are the CFM ratings, are, are they misleading sometimes when you go in? Do you just automatically grab the the one with the highest CFM? And is that going to be the one that cools you the best? Like, uh, is that kind of misleading in a lot of ways? Here's the deal. there. You, you know, if you're a really good, honest fan manufacturer, you will publish that graph against static pressure on your website. And if you don't, <laughs> you, you might be hiding something. Now, you know, Meridine and our biggest competitor, I won't mention, we do that. And we are also the ones that supply most of the OEM uh, air conditioning, mobile air conditioning manufacturers around the world. And so yeah. it's, it's important. Engineers know this. You know, Kevin will tell you all day long, if, you, if your data doesn't match what you say it is, they're not going to talk to you again. Right. You've got to be honest with engineers when you're developing, you know, new products because they've got to work. And you yeah, can't man. just throw on, you know, we're not the guys that just give you something you just throw on the front and get a little extra air to, you know, get you over the hump. Because really just over the hump is dangerous place to be. You want to be knowing it's yeah, the right setup for that car. We want to be in the solids. We want to be in the That's solid range. Like, man, this is the rock. I won't be able to lean into my car on a hundred degree day and know it's going to be all right when I'm racing some dumb dumb beside me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Now, you we got a lot of great knowledge on do's and don'ts and setups and stuff. Now, hit us up with some fan technology, man. What is what is new? What is coming out? What What's kind of exciting in the world of fans and motors and things? Well, you know, the the buzzword today that a lot of people ask about is brushless technology. Hey, I feel and, that my haircut every day, bro. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, and here's the thing about brushless. There, there are brushes inside a regular DC motor. We call it a permanent magnet DC motor. And those brushes are what, change the positive and negative inside the motor that causes the armature to turn. So there's a constant 
back and forth of positive and negative. Now, you don't have that with your AC in the wall because it does that at 60 hertz, 60 times a second. It's going back and forth. So you, your AC in the wall is commutated, as we call it, but not in a DC application. So there is an electronic circuit that does that. And that is what the fan controller is for those brushless fans. The reason to use brushless fans is longer life because eventually on a brushed fan, like the ones that are in our line, they will run out after six, 10, 15,000 hours. But that is a long time and not something that's really super needed in the high, high performance market because you're probably not going to need another fan if you buy one of ours because uh, they're going to last depending on which, which motor you, you get with it. And we're getting ready to introduce our long life motors, which will be over 10,000 hours on a big 16-inch uh, fan. That's a long time. Yeah. And, uh, it, and we're also adding RFI standard to that package. This will be a new fan series coming out uh, in 2021. And uh, that RFI will keep your uh, stereo from having a, you know, a, a sound, you know, a buzz sound to it. And also helps with uh, preventing noise getting into computers. You know, more computers are controlling more and more of the car and other off-road vehicles that we uh, make fans for. So uh, controlling noise is a big thing as well. All right. RFI suppression in the fan. Man, that's mm -hmm. crazy, dude. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that nuts so. to think about now? I mean, look where they're going with it. Look what they've done with it. And uh, the integration, you got you to gotta love it. Well, we've all been in somebody's vehicle, our own maybe, and and uh, you got some RFI going on and you're, you're trying to listen to your, yeah, you're trying to listen to your favorite tunes. You're like, I think I got to turn this off. I think I got to go to silence that's now, right. you know? This is no fun. Exactly right. All right, what else, what else is new in the game? You got different product lines. Uh, I know you got your, your Mach 2. It's got a shrouded setup yep. uh, with the twin 11s. Like, is there anything growing in a particular category that's kind of hot right now? Or? I am, you know, uh, we are uh, meeting uh, next week to go over our new product uh, uh, areas that we're going into. So we're going to be commonizing on our uh, new long life motors uh, where possible. And uh, even some of our uh, lower end, you know, uh, I'll call them, uh, uh, you know, commodity type fans where people just need an extra fan to throw on here or there. We're going to be upgrading those fan motors as well to where you're not have that little flat pancake motor anymore. We're going to be, we're going to be throwing a real 130 watt, heavy-duty, long-like motor on those and still selling them at a, you know, very competitive price. So we, we, we just want people to not have cooling problems. And really, uh, we, I, I enjoy talking to the people who finally bought our fan, call me back and said, man, I don't have any more problems. It's great. What are your top three? Like yeah. if somebody's got, I'm like, I need a fan. Now, I was just about to ask you, man, what's the, the is it the Mach 2 Extreme? Because that's what I'm looking for with my charger, man. I'm like, I'm going to get that charger. I got to get that thing cool, bro. No, it would, I would definitely say our 16-inch uh, fan, which goes on most small blocks, uh, the M162K is number one. The, uh, the Jetstream 2, which fits your 27-inch oh, to 29-inch yeah. right. cross-flow radiators. It's a dual okay. 12. 
And that with my big motors on it is the uh, MJS22K. That is probably my second biggest. And then the third would be that Mach 2 like uh, we had on, on your show uh, for that Camaro. That fits all the 24-inch and, uh, and to about 26-inch uh, radiators. They were all the, uh, the uh, big block radiators from 1968 and prior. Oh, the Jetstream too, Will. You got to put that one on your list, man. Yeah, we, you, you definitely. Uh, I've cooled down a uh, 590 horsepower Barracuda in Phoenix with that fan. They couldn't oh, find right a on. fan that would cool it, and uh, I sent them that one, and uh, they they came back very happy. So. Now you said your 16 inch fan because you've got low profile, high profile, which I assume has you know more room for the. The motor and the fan blade. So your 16-inch fan that you recommended, which one would that it's be? It's low profile, yes. I don't okay. have a high profile 16-inch, but uh, that that fan, it'll cool just about anything. Um, you know, like I said, that's the one that we supply and uh, sponsor several NASCAR teams with, and we've never had a failure, and we uh, they love it. Um, Ooh, the NASCAR fan. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's we should just call the NASCAR fan. I, I usually do because I say <laughs> if it can cool a NASCAR, it can cool your hot rod. Yeah, man. All right. And then, uh, you know, outside the radiator, a lot of times we might have a remote cooler, uh, you know, for a trans cooler or anything else. Uh, do you have fans down in that small kind of compact range? You know, I that- absolutely do. Um, in fact, I sell some, uh, I do sell our fans to some of the, uh, uh, Customers, your your guys that that, that make coolers uh, do buy some of those fans from us, and those are uh, it's a five point two inch uh, fan that uh, works on a lot of coolers, and then we have a six and a half inch and an eight inch fan that are also used on a lot of coolers as well. So yeah, we get nice. them all the way down to five point two uh, inches in diameter. So you got everything we need to stay cool, no matter where it is on the vehicle and what it's trying to bring the temperature down on. Now, the another kind of important fact going into uh, setting up a fan is the controls. Now, do you guys sell, you know, the thermostat and and controllers for those too? We do. We sell relay harnesses uh, that come with the uh, temperature sensor that's either adjustable or preset. The adjustable has the little capillary tube that sticks into the uh, radiator fins and senses the the temperature right there at the input of the radiator and then it's adjustable to see to when it comes on and then it'll turn off 20 degrees cooler or I have the little brass temperature sensors uh, with the relay harness that goes with it and they screw right into the uh, intake into the water jacket and get their temperature there so either way work great it's just very important to always use a relay when you're switching the electricity from the battery to the fan but do you have the little water bottles with the fans on it that people in the in the seats can use the little squirty bottle with the big fan? You know, like you have those. That's the big question for today. <laughs> I don't have those. <laughs> can you imagine a Maradine fan on one of those? It's like no. whoosh, oh, okay. knocks them over. <laughs> I don't want to soak you now. <laughs> Somebody hit him with a super soaker. I just sprayed it once. <laughs> 
Uh, uh, hey, Fred. Well, look, man. We sure appreciate your time. Can you tell um, where people can find you? You know, if you guys want to go look at some of these products we're talking about, some of these incredible fans and cooling solutions, they really do. They provide a great technical resource as well. He's there to walk you through it to help with any questions or concerns. So, how do people find you on the social side? Uh, well, we have uh, Meridine High Performance Fans Facebook page. We also, uh, you know, we have an 800 number, 800-403-7953. And you ask for sales or technical support. Nine times out of 10, you're going to talk to me. So I'll be there to uh, help you help you out. So there's plenty of people I talk to every day, help them with their cooling problems. And uh, last, last but not least, please don't chrome your engine because that is the biggest <laughs> Stealer of heat inside a engine. I just can't cool those engines. <laughs> yeah, but it looks so shiny. It looks so it shiny. shiny. <laughs> they are hard <laughs> to park cool. It's cool, all right. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, hey, Fred. Well, we thank you, man. If anybody <laughs> needs their help, check out Meridine High Performance. It's MeridineHP.com is the website. Uh, you can find them anywhere and everywhere. Really recommend them, Fred. We appreciate you, man. Hey, stay cool. Uh, stop. It's like dad jokes galore over here. Thanks, hey, don't forget about our show every yeah. weekend on the Motor Trend Network. Check it local listings episodes. Also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Thanks to our guest, my man Fred from Meridian Fans, Fred Garza. My man Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, our producer, Scoop, and executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. Tons of great automotive content down there. A lot about the show as well. And... We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are everywhere on social at Two Guys Garage. Now, Two Guys Garage podcast is a copyright 2020 Britain Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. Who's the coolest, bro? Who's the coolest, bird? Oh, don't even get into that. <laughs> We're going to go to a cool battle. We're going to yeah, cool battle. Yeah, man. A cool battle. I'm going to win. You, you got a better sense of fashion than I do. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right, man. Y'all take care. See you in the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Y'all have a good one. And to steal Willie's dad jokes, be cool. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.